going on everyone? Oh man, that intro music has me ready to run through an absolute brick wall. My name is Kyle Yates and I am your host. I can be found on Twitter at KyleYNFL. That is Kyle Soppy. He can be found on Twitter at Kyle Soppy PFN. He is our, one of our fantasy football analysts here at Pro Football Network. Kyle, we did it. The first episode of the PFN Fantasy Football Podcast. How are you, my friend? Man, you're not kidding. We finally made it. Like all of this offseason, everything the prep, everything, we're finally talking, and it matters now. You know, like we're close enough to the season where you can smell it, you start getting these hype reports, you see videos of one-handed catches. It's my time of year. This is what we all live for. Absolutely. It has been a long offseason. A lot has happened for the both of us here as we are now at Pro Football Network and we are incredibly excited about this podcast. This is going to be hanging with you guys all throughout the season. We have a ton, a ton of content that you guys are going to want to stick around for. So if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you are listening, make sure to hit that follow, subscribe button. I don't even know what they're labeled now, whatever. Leave us a five-star rating. If you're watching over on YouTube at PFN Fantasy, we just crossed over 10 thousand subscribers thank you thank you thank you for the support make sure to click that like button like button on this video and subscribe to the channel click the bell to get notified when new content drops because again like we said we got a ton more coming your way all right kyle we're we're lining up the podcast the launch of the podcast here with training camps training camps are underway later on this week we will have all 32 nfl teams in training camps so i wanted to ask you a question of the day here before we get into the mock draft what is that moment in the offseason for you where this is kind of like, all right, I'm starting to get really excited about fantasy football season. Is it training camp? Does that ever go away for you? It doesn't ever really go away. When I get really excited, like content is one thing. I get really excited for content at the beginning of July because that's when, you know, you kind of hit the dog days of different sports. By then, the NBA is done. Baseball's kind of hit midseason. So from a content perspective, it's beginning of July. But when you're talking like get really excited for drafts and things like that, we're still a month away. The last full week of August for me, you start, you have a draft every night. Your calendar's filled. You've got work task, work task, draft, draft prep, work task. Work, like once that starts kind of playing in and toward the end of August, that's when I, I really get going. But right now, from a content perspective, right now is a sweet spot. Absolutely. For me, it's like that first preseason game, that first one where it's like, okay, the drought is over. Like we actually have football on for you or no. Uh, it does. But at the same time, you're like the first, maybe drive the first two drives, either, either way you're like, okay, this is really great. And then they send in the second and third string players and you're like, okay, now this is maybe, maybe, maybe my excitement's over, but Yep. All right. Before we get into the mock draft, I want to let you guys know we have a Discord community. You guys can find the link for this here in your description, in the podcast description, in the YouTube description. Join the community here. It is absolutely free to join. We are going to be hosting Discord stages, AMAs. We're answering your guys' questions leading up to the fantasy football season and throughout the NFL and fantasy football season. So make sure to jump in there. The Discord community, you can find the link for that in your show description. And then also, we have a ton of content that goes up on the website every single day. Not only will you be able to get your fantasy football content here from the podcast, from the YouTube channel, stuff like that, but we have our website that we are cranking out the content on. So profootballnetwork.com. Click that fantasy football tab. You guys can find a ton of content here waiting right ready for you. All right, Kyle, you ready to do a mock draft here? Let's do the thing. All right. So what we are going to do here today is we are going to be running through a 12 team half PPR mock draft, one quarterback format. Nothing too crazy here. We're dipping our toes into the water here for mock draft season. We got one quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, a tight end, two flex spots, and then we have six bench six bench spots there as well. No defense, no kicker. Again, 
it's early August or late July. We're not doing that right now. We will get to defenses and kickers, but we're not doing that here for this one. So uh, I am drafting from the four spot. Kyle, you are drafting from the 10 spot. Yes, are you sir. ready to get this underway? Let's go. All right, here we go. We're going to click that start draft button here. we got Justin Jefferson going off the board, Christian McCaffrey, Jamar Chase. I'm now on the clock at the 1-4. Looking here, uh, based on the roster construction, we do have the three wide receivers that we have to start the two running backs. I'm looking at guys like Austin Eckler, Bijan Robinson, Saquon Barkley at the top of the board at running back. Over at wide receiver, it's Cooper Cup, Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs, A.J. Brown. You know what I'm going to do here, man? I'm going to lean into the target volume with Cooper Cup. I'm going to go with that top-tier wide receiver here. We saw what he can do last year with Matthew Stafford, even in an abysmal offense. Now, I don't think that this offense in L.A. is going to be fantastic this year, but it's Cooper Cup and then a ton of unproven options behind him. So I'm going to go with Cup here. I just finished my projections for the Rams earlier today, slowly making my way through. And uh, Cooper Cup, just the target share that he's going to get this year is just stupid. And so I'm going to lean into that here. Go with the hero wide receiver. Start to lean into that where we got to start three wide receivers there. I'll go Cooper Cup at the 1-4. Then we got Bijan Robinson, Austin Eckler, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs. You are now up at the 110. Where did we go? That's my fault. I jumped the gun a little bit there. I was looking Stephon Diggs. And he got taken right before me, which is part of fantasy. And that's part of why you mock draft to figure out what your next step is. So I want Saquon Barkley. You can see over my shoulder here, the pride of Penn State. This offense is moving in the right direction. Danny, Danny Dimes, he's coming around. Those little dump off passes. They're moving Saquon around the field a little bit. They still don't have a wide receiver one there, right? I mean, they brought in Darren Waller. I get it. But Saquon's the number one option in the running game, the number one option in the passing game. I don't see why he can't produce what he did last year, if not improve upon it. He's a solid RB1, and to me, kind of the end of a tier. Jonathan Taylor's right there, and he he's going to go in a minute here. But Saquon, feel safe, feel great about my RB1. Hey, no wide receiver one for the New York Giants. That is Cole Beasley slander, my friend. They just signed Whoa. Cole Beasley. They've got Whoa, that I'm all sorry. taken care of. <laughs> Cole Beasley hive. Don't come after me. Yeah, no, 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 no. Uh, any concern there with Saquon Barkley and the contract situation potentially holding out through training camp and all that sort of stuff affecting him being ready to roll right at week one? I don't think so. I mean, if he's a little slow to the get up, then I still have one of the top five running backs come playoff time. I, I'm not worried about it. He's such a big focal point that I think he can get there with volume alone, even if the efficiency isn't there early. So I'm, I'll take my chances. All right. Then around the turn, we had A.J. Brown, Jonathan Taylor, Devontae Adams, Patrick Mahomes, the first quarterback going off the board at the 2-2. You are now on the clock at the 2-3. Yeah, I don't know about you, but I'm not going Mahomes that early. I'm not going nope. quarterback in a one-quarterback league, 12 teams quite that early. I get the idea. I get that top-tier quarterback's kind of unchallenged. But for me, that's not my thing. I'm going to Monroe St. Brown. Here with number two, again, you said you want target volume. I'm going target volume. Detroit's got a ton of home games down the stretch here, and they were just a different offense playing at home, playing it indoors. So you get some warm games early. You get some dome games late in the season. Another 100-plus catches from Amara St. Brown. I, I don't see how he fails here, and that's what I want in these first few rounds, players that I can't see failing. I'll get upside later, and trust me, we'll, we'll get there. But – as far as floor goes, I've got a solid four with Barkley and Brown. I'm looking at, you know, 10 to 15 targets a week out of St. Brown every week. Yep. 20 touches from Saquon. Like, I like the foundation I've set here. I'll let other teams, you know, chase upside and fall when I play them. It's one of the things where we talk about this all the time, where you can't you can't necessarily win your fantasy football draft in the first couple of rounds, but you can definitely lose it sure. if you go the wrong direction here. So getting that safe floor, you know exactly what you are getting with Almond Ross St. Brown there at the two three. Garrett Wilson, Nick Chubb, someone that I was targeting, hoping he would fall to me at the two nine. 
Uh, C.D. Lamb at the 2-6. Derek Henry, then Josh Allen goes off the board. I'm now on the clock here at the 2-9. Cooper Cup was my first selection there at the 1-4. I'm going to go Tony Pollard here. Uh, I, I love uh, the man. upside that Tony Pollard presents here. Now, we do have... Some of those big name free veteran free agents, you know, still kind of hanging around that could potentially come in here and steal a little bit of work away from Tony Pollard. But, you know, where we're talking about Leonard Fournette and Zeke is still hanging around, although it seems highly unlikely that he would return to Dallas. Kareem Hunt, you know, and we do have Dalvin Cook and that whole situation. I'm sure we'll talk about that at some point during this mock draft. But Tony Pollard showed last year that he doesn't need 25 touches a game to be a top tier fantasy football running back. The talent level is absolutely insane. Fantasy managers have been clamoring for him to get the opportunity for years. And he did that last year and absolutely showed out. So Tony Pollard there to balance up my roster a little bit. Cooper Cup, then Tony Pollard. Then we had Mark Andrews, Ramondre Stevenson, Josh Jacobs, Jalen Waddle, Chris Olave, Jalen Hurts goes off the board there. At the 3-3, I'm back on the clock here at the 3-4. I will say this, we're going to get to the point where I'm not going to be able to read through every pick. So if you're listening over on the podcast, you want to know every pick, go over to YouTube, youtube.com slash Fantasy. You can see this mock draft play out. All right, let's go to the wide receiver position here. Someone that I actually was considering at the 2-9 over Tony Pollard is still here. I'm going to go with T. Higgins. Uh, I love the upside for T. Higgins this year. And you, you do have Jamar Chase there obviously as the 1A, but I think that a lot of people still view this as a one uh, wide receiver one for Chase and a wide receiver two. I think it's a 1A, 1B situation here in Cincinnati. I want to tie myself to really good, explosive, dynamic offenses. So T. Higgins here as a wide receiver two on my roster, and that's really the way that you need to be thinking about these picks is where do these guys slot in as the in the position groups on my roster? T. Higgins at the 3-4. I will gladly add him to my team here. You are on the clock, my friend, at the 3-10. Am I crazy? I almost went Tony Pollard. If Saquon didn't follow me in round one, I was going Tony Pollard with my pick, the third pick of the second round. Like, I I think you got great value there. Is there a world that he's a top, like, could he enter that top tier of running back this year? I think, I think there's an avenue for that, and I think it's pretty clear. I think the only thing that's going to prevent him from necessarily getting into that top tier is just the overall volume. Just the way that he's built, I don't think that we're going to see the workload that Jonathan Taylor, Saquon Barkley, right? These other guys that have a more clear path, even Nick Chubb, right? That clearer path to get to the top tier, he's got to still rely on insane efficiency and touchdown totals to get into that top tier. Now, the talent level is off the charts, so he absolutely can. But it's just something where when we do projections, you and I both do projections. Sure. Are you projecting Tony Pollard to, you know, 200 plus carries on the ground at six know. yards per carry, right? That's where it gets a little bit dicey for him to get into that top tier. But man, top five, top six, you know, t- uh, running back five, running back six, running back seven, absolutely in the cards here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's going to be on a lot of my teams, as is Joe Mixon, who I'm going to take here in the third round. Yep. I get my second back here. Relatable volume or reliable volume. I'm sorry. And he had a career high 60 catches last year. Like you mentioned, getting a piece of this offense, I'm going to do the same. They're going to be in scoring position all the time. Joe Mixon's never been a big efficiency guy, but he's always been volume. Now the catches, if you can pencil him in for another 60 catches, I'm getting 10 touchdowns. I'm always going to be in the red zone. No weeks off. I, I don't get the Joe Mixon hate kind of in fantasy circles here. You can He's boring. Sure, like he doesn't have the Tony Pollard upside, but he doesn't have to in the third round here. I feel great about what I'm penciling in there. And now he's my RB2. Like, if Taekwon does hold out a good hair, I, I have somebody yep. that can be a top 10 guy in rather short order. I absolutely love that. I've been touting Mixon for the, <clears throat> the past several years as someone that I just don't get the the fantasy hate for him. Like, this is a guy that's in one of the league's best offenses. He's going to be heavily utilized around the goal line. The only knock for him for years was that he wasn't super involved in the passing game. And yet we saw that last year. 
Samaj P. Ryan, no longer in town, had 51 targets last year for Cincinnati. So are you going to pencil that in to Chris Evans? Are you giving Chris Evans 51 targets? Chase Brown? Like, no. the, you know, Joe Mixon is still going to be heavily, heavily utilized in this offense. We know that he's going to be in town for at least 2023. Yeah. Slam dunk selection there at the end of the third round. Yeah, I mean, this isn't a dynasty draft. I don't have to worry about him five years down the road. He's in town now, and this offense is going to be great. Like, let's not overcomplicate things. I'm as likely to overthink things as anybody on planet Earth. I'm not doing it there, and I'm not doing it here at receiver either. Keenan Allen for me. Again, high exposure. High volume. They didn't throw the ball down the field as often last year. He's just a target monster. Like, I'm just racking up such a high floor here. I'll get my upside later. Like, I will. Trust me. I'll throw darts at Gabe Davis for the 100th year in a row. Like, I will get my upside in my flex spots. But for the guys I'm penciling in week in, week out, Barkley, St. Brown, Mixon, Allen, they're boring to a degree, I guess. But I'm getting extreme volume like if you yep. nobody's going to get more targets and touches out of their first four picks than i am and i feel comfortable going into a season like that and these are guys like i can count on playing some any any concern with we've seen in years past like the wide receiver drop off is pretty drastic once they start dealing with injuries and they're you know around 30 north of 30 years old yeah. we see a real steep drop off for a lot of players historically now some you know buck the trend and they they hang around any concern with that with Keenan Allen as he dealt with injury a lot last year and was not a reliable fantasy option? He dealt with injury, missed seven games, but you're still talking over six and a half catches a game. Like I'll I'll deal with the fall off and decline when I see it. And if I'm a year late, then I'm a year late. But if he I'm gonna count on him now. And if he's fallen off midseason, I can react. I'm gonna have a thousand receivers on this team. Like I'm gonna stack it with upside and I'll have secondary options. You've got, I could even handcuff him with Quentin Johnson. Johnston, if that's where I decide to go here, but no, I'm not worried about it. He was productive when he was on the field and he's been on the field largely of late other than last year. So I'll take my chances. All right. I'm on the clock here at the four nine. I'm going to go a little bit further down the ADP queue, but this is where I think this guy is going to end up going here. As we get to the end of August, I'm going to go with Alexander Madison, the running back for the Minnesota mm -hmm. Vikings. He is someone that I have been just touting for years as this insurance running back, you've got to draft him as your RB4, RB5 on your roster because when he does get the opportunity, when Dalvin Cook is is not in the lineup, Alexander Madison shows out. And now he's got the clear path to the RB1 title in Minnesota and everyone just wants to continue burying him in ADP. That doesn't make much sense to me. So I will take advantage of that ADP drop. I think that I could have even waited around here to the 5-4 and still gotten him. But I think that this is where he's going to go at the in the middle of the fourth round here in half PPR format. So Alexander Madison to be my RB2 behind Tony Pollard. Volume, volume, volume. All right, let's go back to the wide receiver position here for me at the 5-4. We got guys like DJ Moore, Drake London, Christian Watson, Chris Godwin, Mike Williams, Brandon Ayuk, Michael Pittman, Marquise Brown. Those are the guys at the top of the ADPQ here in sleeper. I'm going to go a little bit further down. Someone that I love drafting as my wide receiver three on my roster this year. That is Brandon Ayuk. Now, this is a very crowded offense. I am going to acknowledge that where you have Christian McCaffrey dominating tar uh, targets out of the backfield. You have Debo Samuel, you have George Kittle, you have Ayuk, obviously, but people don't even realize that last year, Brandon Ayuk outperformed Debo Samuel on a points per game basis. Like Debo Samuel went off the board here at the 4-2. I got Brandon Ayuk at the 5-4. I would personally be drafting Brandon Ayuk above Debo Samuel this year. Now, Samuel can give you some big boom performances. That is absolutely in the cards for him. But he has also historically dealt with injuries and the year that he had, the one really, really solid year, two years ago, he did it on ridiculous efficiency and was seeing a ton of uh, touches out of the backfield as a runner. 
and eight rushing touchdowns, right, in 2022. So this is a situation where I think that people have their expectations for Debo Samuel have gotten out of control. And quietly in the background, Brandon Ayuk has emerged as one of the best route runners in the NFL. And I think that he is going to earn targets this season. So I'm going to go with Brandon Ayuk here as my wide receiver three. If it doesn't work out, it's my wide receiver three. I will take other shots here at the wide receiver position later on. If it hits, man, I've got a really, really solid lineup there. All right, you're on the clock at the 5-10. Where are we going here? Let's circle back at Ayuk real quick. Do you have any concern over the quarterback position there? Do you prefer one to the other? What if it's Trey Lance? Like, does that scare you off a little bit? Well, I'm... I think arguably the biggest Trey Lance truther out there. So I think that that is a situation where I think that this is, that could definitely help Brandon Ayuk. Uh, But I think that we've seen with the scheme, like Brandon Ayuk's going to get open. And if you're playing the quarterback position well enough where you can just see the players get open and throw them the ball, then I don't really have much concern. So whether it is Brock Purdy, whether it's Trey Lance, I don't, I don't buy those. Like it's Sam, Sam Darnold's in conversation for the QB one role. No, I'm not buying that at all. So I think that that's a situation where if it's either, Purdy or Lance, I'm totally fine with that. Okay, that's fair. I, I, I'm with you there. I'm not big on Debo, so if you're going to get a piece of that offense, I'm I'm perfectly okay with that. For my pick here in the fifth round, I'm going to take the end of a quarterback tier for me. I don't love going quarterback early, but it's yep. Trevor Lawrence. Like I'm going to have him in just about every draft. So far, batting 100, him in a receiver. You'll see later who I just can't get enough of. But Trevor Lawrence, this offense headed in the right direction. Urban Meyer's gone and Trevor Lawrence looked like a fantasy god last year like I mean he does it all he's got the Aaron Rodgers kind of mobility too like it's sneaky yeah Kelvin Ridley I get all that the passing numbers are going to be gaudy but if you can get 400 yards rushing and four or five six rushing touchdowns like there's an avenue in which he's the top of this tier I'm not going to say he's gonna be a tier one quarterback those guys are just built different up there but I'm getting him at the end of tier two I think there's a real chance he finishes at the top of tier two so that makes him a bargain at this point, just given how many quarterbacks are off the board. You look back at the stats from last year and you don't realize just how good Trevor Lawrence was. Just so like, good. I mean, incredibly good. And they have the continuity on offense. That's a big thing when we're talking about projections year in and year out to have continuity on offense makes it easy to project. You have a little bit more confidence in these players and you add in a player as talented as Calvin Ridley. That's a situation where, yeah, I- I'm-, I'm all in on Trevor Lawrence this year. And I do agree with you that end of that quarterback tier, if I can't get either Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence in my drafts this year in the fourth or fifth round, then I'm absolutely comfortable waiting it out. I'll get Jared Goff in the final round, right? Like that's a situation where I'm totally comfortable waiting it out. All right, you're back on the clock. You're at the 6-3. I couldn't agree more. And I'm going running back here. I just can't decide. I want. I need you to break this tie for me. We're going Cam Akers or James Conner. Who do you prefer? I really don't prefer either of them, if I'm going to be honest. Sure. I just did no, the. That's what we're here for. I just did the. Uh, like I said, I did the Rams uh, projections, and Acres just. I just don't see this offense running the ball a ton. Now I think that he'll dominate the carry share because sure. it's either Zach Evans or Kyron Williams behind him. But it's either a question of, I'll let you pick because you got five seconds left on the clock. So, but yeah, it's a situation where it's either Acres uh, with an offense that I just don't think is going to be in a ton of scoring opportunities. Or James Conner, who I same thing. Like I don't think the offense is going to be in a ton of scoring opportunities, but you're also getting these guys as RB threes on your roster, right? Like the safe, you at least know what you're going to get when they're healthy. That's just it. I'm I went Conner. Six of the top eleven running backs last year played on losing teams, so I'm not too worried about the losing thing. Obviously, there's going to be scoring concerns because they're not anywhere near scoring position. But Conner, I should get another workhorse running back. It's good for another 200 carries and 50 catches. Like, that's a pretty solid floor, even if the scoring opportunities aren't there. I think he's good for 1,200 yards, and that, like you said, my running back three. So I'm talking a flex spot on a weekly basis here. 
I can replace him if I want a high upside receiver type. But he gives me, you know, I don't want to say he's Saquon Barkley insurance, but to a degree he is. If Barkley holds out, gets hurt, something like that, I have somebody I can plug into my starting lineup. And I think risk management is part of drafting. Like yeah. I, I have to build around the unknown that is Saquon's status right now, and Connor gives me the ability to do that. All right, I'm on the clock here at the 6-9. I have two players that I am targeting here for these picks. I got to kind of play it out, which ones I think are going to be waiting for me. I'm going to go Javante Williams here as my RB3 on my roster. This is a pure upside shot, right? Javante Williams, the talent level is off the charts, and we know what he can be. Now, he avoided the pup list coming into training camp here. All signs are pointing that he's going to be ready to go week one. Now, does that mean that he is going to be full strength week one? Highly, highly unlikely. But in an offense where hopefully, dear God, hopefully this offense is better in Denver this season under Sean Payton, Javante Williams should be in plenty of scoring opportunities here. So I'm going to go Javante Williams here where I can kind of wait it out. If uh, if I had him as a top two running back on my roster, that's a situation where I'm not super comfortable, right? Because you have a little bit too much risk there. But if I have to have him sit on my bench for the first four weeks of the season, I can do that going to go back to the wide receiver position here and the player that i wanted to make it back to me did i'm going to go Traylon burks here now i understand that deandre hopkins did sign in tennessee uh and this is going to definitely impact the target totals and target opportunity that De- uh that Traylon burks will see however i wrote in my analysis after the deandre hopkins signing that Traylon burks what he loses in the overall target opportunity and target totals he Quality. gains with deandre hopkins taking away attention right NFL defenses have to account for DeAndre Hopkins. And every report, everything that we have heard coming out of Titans training camp is that Traylon Burks is looking the part. He's looking the part of what the Tennessee Titans drafted in the first round in the 2022 NFL draft. I was a big fan of Traylon Burks coming out. I think that he has just absolute insane potential. And we saw AJ Brown. Now that was his comp, right? That was Traylon Burks' comp coming out. I don't think that many people are directly AJ Brown where they can live on insane efficiency, but if anyone is going to do that in the NFL and perform the way that A.J. Brown did in Tennessee, Traylon Burks is as close as it gets. So I think the the efficiency can be there. I'm going to go with Traylon Burks as my wide receiver four here. So, all right, you are on the clock at the 710. That's two receivers for you in run-centric offense. Is that where you at all? You've Not got... necessarily. I think that I, I think it's definitely something to, to take into account. Sure. But I also think that if we could see – I don't know how good this Tennessee Titans team is going to be. Not very right? So yeah. that's a situation where we could see them be forced to pass the ball a little bit more. Uh, and I still think that even in a run first offense, it's not like Traylon Burks is the wide, is the fourth option there, the fifth option, right? It's He's the second option behind DeAndre Hopkins. And I still think that the efficiency can live it, uh, can live up to expectations there. So I think that's, I think that's fair. You're going to be the Kyle on this podcast with shares of Burks. He's, he's not for me here for me. I'm going tight end here. You look at the draft board and I think this is a part that gets overlooked in drafting for casuals and for you know sharp people, you need to draft based on the draft board. Like the two teams picking between me and my next pick are wide receiver heavy, and only one of them has a tight end. So to me, right now, I'm looking for a wide receiver and a tight end. That tells me that I have time to wait on a receiver because they're not going to go in heavy on the other side of me, whereas only one team has a tight end. So I, I'm going to go Evan Ingram here, get my Jaguar stack as one Kyle Sapi is to do. And I'm going to keep doing that. Like, if I'm betting on Trevor Lawrence having a good year, I'm betting on every freaking piece of that offense having a good year. And in Ingram, I don't think last year's big season was a fluke. Kevin Ridley might take a little bit off his plate, but I think Ridley takes more off of Zay Jones than anything. Ingram, the last of a tier, you're going to talk 
hear me talk a lot about the end of tiers. I get another one here. Ingram, I think he's as good as Dale Scott or Darren Wall or Kyle Pitts, the guys that went a week, uh, round, round and a half earlier. I'll take the discount and stack it up with my guy Trevor Lawrence. And I've got my second pick here after Deontay Johnson, Jahan Dotson, Jack Charbonnet, and Jordan Addison all went on the turn here, which makes my choice easy for me. I was going Steeler receiver no matter what we did. It was going to be Deontay and Pickens. And honestly, I was going to have you pick a number that was behind my back and I was going to go that way. But Deontay got picked, so I don't got to worry about that. I'm taking the upside of Mr. George Pickens. They threw the ball deep last year. They threw it deep to Deontay and Pickens for some reason. They should bring in Johnson back to the slot roll, back to this low dot roll. That's going to let Pickens flourish. We all saw the highlight plays. You know, that's great. You don't get bonus points for highlight plays. But I do think the highlight plays are indicative of what he's capable of. He can be... You know, the next great deep receiver. I'm going that way. He's my wide receiver three, two. Three. No, he's my wide receiver three. Yeah, I've got plenty of volume up top. I'll take the big plays. They're coming. Kenny Pickett, big season coming. Pickens is a part of that. All right, then we had the guy that I think I was probably going to try to snipe uh, away from you. Gabe Davis goes off the board one pick before (laughs) mine. Uh, AJ Dillon was my selection at the 8-9 to be my RB4 on my roster. This is a... A strategy that I want to deploy this year if I do take Javante Williams as that RB3, where AJ Dillon might not necessarily have the upside that Javante Williams does, but I know that he's going to provide a decent floor. Now, this is going to be really interesting. Something that I really, really want to see here in Green Bay this year is what does Matt LaFleur do with Aaron Rodgers now out of town? Does he deploy the same offense that he did in Tennessee? where it wasn't necessarily a super, super successful offense, but we saw Derrick Henry just get an absolutely stupid workload and Matt LaFleur, A.J. Dillon, that was the comparison for Dillon was like, if he's going to be anyone, you give him 20 touches per game, 20 carries per game, you pound it in at the goal line. I think Dillon could be in for a big year here. So I'm going to go A.J. Dillon at the 8-9, and I'm back on the clock here at the 9-4. Looking at some of the wide receivers that are on the board, it's Zay Flowers, Cortland Sutton, Rashad Bateman, Jamison Williams. I'm going to go here with my guy that is my selection Auto draft in the ninth round at every single mock draft that I'm doing this year. Elijah Moore, the wide receiver for the Cleveland Browns. This is a guy that I have to get onto my rosters this year. We, The fantasy community has absolutely just dropped Elijah Moore off an absolute cliff. After going into the 2023 NFL season, fantasy managers could not draft Elijah Moore high enough. He was someone that was going in the second, third round, fourth round of, uh, of fantasy drafts and obviously did not live up to expectations. And we tend to see with the fantasy community a lot of overreaction to those kind of situations. Now he's on a new offense. If we see Deshaun Watson get back to form, my word, Elijah Moore as the wide receiver two in this offense is going to absolutely explode. So I'm going to go Elijah Moore here. The talent level didn't didn't disappear. The opportunity did. And I think that it's going to bounce back in a big way here in Cleveland. All right, you are on the clock at the 9-10. I like that pick. I mean, it's a cheap way to get Deshaun Watson exposure, you know, and that's that's not a bad play. Right now, I've got three Baltimore Raven receivers looking at me in the face. I got to try to decide... <laughs> What I want to do here. I was thinking about drafting two of them with my next three picks, but I'm going to pass on that. For me, it's Zay Flowers. Like, you go with the unknown here. I called him the equivalent of Schrodinger's cat. I think it's kind of Zay Flowers in this offense. He could he could be great. He could be terrible. We don't really know. Lamar Jackson's back. I think Flowers offers enough to this pass game, and there's enough unknown in this pass game to make him viable. Like, outside of Mark Andrews, what do you feel good about in this offense? Like right. They just brought in – I mean, they, they have nothing – other than Mark Andrews, that I feel good about. Odell Beckham, if this if we were partying like it was 2016, I'd feel great about. But he's he's name value right now. I think Zay Flowers has as good a chance to lead this team in targets as anybody. 
And why not production? I think Lamar Jackson could win the MVP this year. And if he's going to do that, Zay Flowers is going to be a part of it. 100%. I think that if you are going to take a shot with any of those guys, Zay Flowers would be the option for me. I absolutely loved his tape coming out of Boston College, and he got the draft capital there. So, all right, you are back on the clock. You're at the 10-3. I mentioned it earlier with Trevor Lawrence, and guys, I'm getting in every single draft. Like, literally, we've done 100 of these drafts. We've written them up. We, You know, go check out the website. We have them always up. I've gotten Trevor Lawrence, and I, if not 100%, pretty darn close. And Jacoby Myers is the other guy I end up with on 100%. I haven't left a draft without him yet. I don't care if it's an eight-team draft. I'm still ending up with him. I just think he's that much. He's undervalued to that degree. Jimmy Garoppolo's healthy. We know that now. And all he does is produce when throwing to the slot. And that's all Jacoby Myers does. Like I'm not saying he's going to go for 1,200 yards, 12 touchdowns, and, you know, elevate his ADP and oh we should have taken him in the fourth round I'm taking him in the 10th round I think he could return seventh round value somewhere in the top 100 overall players the volume is going to be there the quality of volume is going to be there Vegas had two all pros last year like I think they're going to be able to move the ball a little bit even with the change at quarterback Jacoby's giving me that volume I think he's a weekly flex option on volume alone and I think he has some upside. I mean, he scored more last year. We all know the historic scoring drop to open his career. That's behind him now. The dude can find the end zone. I, I'm not worried about that. And I'm willing to bet on Garoppolo. He's a professional quarterback. I think he can get it done. Jacoby Myers there off the board at the 10-3. At the 10-9, I went with Jared Goff. I talked about that when we were talking about Trevor Lawrence, right? That was a situation where if I can't get my hands yep. on either Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence in that quarterback tier, I'm going to wait it out. Now, we did see plenty of quarterbacks go off the board here in this draft, which made me necessarily, you know, I, I pulled the trigger on Jared Goff maybe a little bit earlier than I would like, but we saw what this offense did last season, right? You you, you got shares of it with Amon Ross St. Brown in the second round. Jared Goff was absolutely fantastic. And again, the, I mentioned it, the continuity on offense. Ben Johnson returning as the offensive coordinator. I think that that is going to do massive things here for Jared Goff. Now, I'm a little bit concerned about the lack of depth at the wide receiver core, right? It's Amon Ross St. Brown. You have Jameer Gibbs. Kind of, he's unproven in the NFL. I like David Montgomery this year as a, you know, as, as a, a value pick at running back. But outside of that, Jamison Williams uh, with the suspension, they bring in Denzel Mims. Are you going to necessarily rely on Denzel Mims? It's a ton of unproven behind him. So that's the one thing where I could see maybe a little bit of drop off in production. But Goff was solid last year. So I'm going to lean into that here. Go with yeah. him as my QB1. Let's take a look here at the tight end board. Because I do not have a tight end yet. We got four picks remaining in this draft. I'm going to go a little bit further down. I'm going to get... Greg Dulcich here. Now, Chico Conqueror was someone that I was targeting quite a bit here in this range of drafts before DeAndre Hopkins signed. I do think that he takes a hit here with Hopkins. Uh, now, the efficiency, again, that's the name of the game here in Tennessee for the receiving options. I think a Conqueror can absolutely be a top 10 tight end this season on ridiculous efficiency because it doesn't take much to finish as a top 10 tight end in oh. fantasy football. But Dulcich, I talked about this with Javante Williams. I think that this offense is going to be better, hopefully, <laughs> please, in Denver this season. And Sean Payton has already talked about Dulcich as one of these guys that you can move around the formation, get the ball in his hands, let him create after the catch. We saw good things from him in his rookie season. I think that's only going to continue in year two. I will take the shot on Greg Dulcich here in the 11th round. You're on the clock at the 11-10. Yeah, you're banking on pedigree. I have nothing wrong with that at this point in the draft. Like you said, you're kind of one of the last ones to take a tight end and He's as good a shot as any. If that offense can start moving in the direction, I'm a fan of that move as long as you're waiting to address the position. I'm going to another running back. Haven't taken one in a few rounds here after starting with three early. I'm going to go Raheem Mostert, not because I believe in him staying healthy because I'm not a crazy person. I would never believe that. But 
there's enough uncertainty in Miami and there's enough explosive potential in that offense that I think the sheer chance that he could be the guy for at least an extended period of time has me, has me interested. And I'm going to take Jeff Wilson later in the draft, not to spoil anything here, but I'm going to try to get two shots and hopefully one works out. I don't need both. Like ideally it's not a committee. We're not dealing with that kind of situation. Right. If one of them can work out, then give me flex value four times a season. Like that's all I need in round 11 to pay off. I'll, I'll take my chances there. As for my next pick, I'm, I'm trying to get some Patrick Mahomes exposure. Like I'm, I wasn't willing to pay up to get him to get him himself early in the draft. And I, I like that I got Trevor Lawrence. So I'm not apologizing for that, but I'm going to take a chance on his receivers. We're looking at Rasheed Rice or Sky Moore here. I'm going to go with Rice. I'm going to go with the kid here. We haven't seen him fail yet. And that's that's fine by me. You have a piece in this offense. Sky Moore didn't do much last year. Still has potential. Still in that offense. There needs to be a receiver that's going to catch passes here, right, Kyle? I mean, that Travis Kelsey can't do everything. He's getting older. And even, even if he does do everything, there's still going to be somebody to provide value. It's week or it's round 12 here to get a chief in an offense that's going to score. The one two, three, four times I play Rice this year. Maybe he gets five catches. Maybe he scores. Like, if I'm going to – if that's what I need from a receiver, I'm putting it in a Patrick Mahomes offense and taking my chances. Yeah, it's an offense that you definitely want to take shots on. And I, I was holding my breath there because I forgot that Sky Moore was still on the board. I would have taken the, him at the 11-4 instead of Greg Dulcich if I had remembered that. <laughs> uh, you went with Rasheed Rice. I will I will go Sky Moore over Rasheed Rice. I. Okay scouting those guys coming out of of college i was dramatically more impressed with sky moore's film now it was definitely a jump going from western michigan to the nfl we didn't see much in his rookie season but i do think that sky moore could emerge as the wide receiver one in this offense right Kadarius tony oh my word he's already missing time and he went off the board at the Unreal. eight six like i am absolutely not going with Kadarius tony over sky moore this year but it's definitely a situation throw the darts you did that sort of mentality with your 11 10 pick and your 12 three Throw the darts and these offenses, these prolific offenses with Raheem Mostert, Rasheed Rice, you're also in your final four picks. If they don't work out, those are guys you're going to drop in exactly. week one, week two for waiver wire pickups, those hot names. So uh, Jalen Warren was my selection at the 12-9, the backup running back in Pittsburgh, but I don't think that he is necessarily just a backup running back. This is a guy that I'm happy to have on my roster as my RB5, but also someone that I could see having standalone flex value this season alongside hmm. Najee Harris. In his rookie season, he was... He was good. He was absolutely working his way above the depth chart. And there were times where we were wondering if he was actually going to take over this job completely from Najee Harris. Now, Najee emerged towards the back end of the year and kind of uh, solidified that role as the RB1. But Jalen Warren, I think, is going to see plenty of work in this offense. It's just a matter of where does he fall in the you know target total pecking order because it is a crowded offense. Where What exactly is that workload? But I saw really good things from him last year. Again, RB5 on my roster. I can kind of live with the outcomes there. I'm going to go with Tank Bigsby, backup running back here in okay. Jacksonville. We talked about the Jacksonville Jaguars offense. Rookie running back, loved his Auburn film. Really came away impressed with Tank Bigsby. And I think that he is the perfect complement to Travis Etienne here for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So that, this is a guy that can easily be the first and second down back while you move Travis Etienne around the formation, get him more involved as a receiver, which I think is what Doug Peterson wanted, right? We had to, with James Robinson being released last year, Travis Etienne was forced into a bigger role than I think that they even wanted. We've already heard kind of that confirmation from the coaching staff. I think Tank Bigsby is going to be a guy that we look back on at the, uh, you know, at this time next year and go, 
why weren't we talking about him more uh, for mm -hmm. what he did in, in 2023? So I'm going to go Tank Bigsby here as my RB6 on my roster at the 13-4. Your final two selections coming up right here. And when my Jaguars just go off like that, then Tank Bigsby is just going to be a part. He's going to be shrapnel. He's going to catch. Exactly. He's going to be part of it. And I'm kind of following you here too. You wanted cheap exposure to the Browns passing game. I'm going to go even cheaper exposure. One Kyle upping another. I'm going to go Donovan Peoples-Jones. Big downfield threat. Again, he's the one I think if Deshaun Watson bounces back to what we think Watson can be, I think People Jones, People's Jones can really move up the board here in C six, seven, eight targets a game. Like, why can't he be discount Gabe Davis in a lesser offense? I'm not saying he's like the Browns aren't going to be the Bills. I get that, but the big play potential is there. And again, at the point in the draft where you're taking him, that's all I need. I'm going to play him three times a year. I want the chance that one of his four targets pays off and pays off in a big way and could win me the week. I built my receiving core around high volume, high floor, safe types. And so I feel comfortable taking shots like this in the later rounds. I, I was touting last year as like in the, you know, 13th, 14th round, like as this sort of flex option, I was going like draft Marquez Valdez-Scantling, sure. you know, exposure to the Kansas City Chiefs offense, exactly. you plug him into your flex option, your flex spot. And if he gets you two points, it's not going to crush your lineup because it was your flex. But right. if he catches a 60 yard touchdown, guess what? You've just won your your league. I think that Donovan Peoples-Jones kind of falls into that same category this year as a guy who, like you said, it only takes one big play that you when you do play him that could easily push your lineup over the top and compensate for some bye weeks there. So Donovan Peoples-Jones off the board at the 13-10, your final selection here at the 14-3. I'm going to go Uncle Lenny. Like, I don't, it's not exciting. And I, I was going KJ Osborne, thought about that. Jordan Addison, that suspension looming could, could put Osborne into the, into the weekly flex maybe consideration. But I'm going to go Leonard Fournette here just as a flyer. I mean, he doesn't have a team as we're doing this right now. But if he signs, he's going to sign into a decent role. We know he can score. Like at the very least, we're talking about wide shot or long shot wide receivers that can score on the few occasions you plug him in. To me, Fournette profiles as much, no matter where he lands. He's not going to land in somewhere that's a complimentary role. He's not going to land somewhere where it's like, oh, you can get a few touches a week. He's going to, if he signs, he's going to get 10 to 12 touches a week, and two of them are going to come in close, and maybe he pays off when I play him. So I'll, I'll take my chances there and just kind of hope for the best. He's my last pick. If I cut him for a KJ yep. Osborne or somebody like that or Gus Edwards or, you know, any right. name insert, you know, random <laughs> flyer here at the end of the draft, but I'm okay with Fournette and kind of hoping for the best. Absolutely. All right. My final selection here at the 14-9. I'm going to go a different direction here, but I just did want to point out some of the players that I was considering here. Rashid Shahid, the wide receiver for the New Orleans yes. Saints as that deep threat. I think oh, it has some absolute boom potential this year. Jalen Hyatt is the deep threat for the uh, New York Giants is someone that I would absolutely be considering there. You mentioned KJ Osborne. Jaden Reed, the rookie wide receiver out of Michigan State playing for the Green Bay Packers, could emerge as the starting slot receiver there. Uh, is someone that I do like as well as a volume play here. I'm going to go back to the quarterback position here, though, and I'm going to go with Trey Lance. Uh, this is a situation where we're going to find out here in training camp and going into week one who the starting quarterback is, right? Uh, we're going to find out really quickly if that is, uh, if that is, you know, Trey Lance or Brock Purdy here. So Lance, when he was the starter going into last year, where were we drafting this guy for his rushing upside? We were drafting this guy in the sixth, seventh, eighth round. And he was you're just telling me right, right, right. And you're telling me that I can get him here in the 14th round as, you know, that potential, 
compliment uh, to Jared Goff, right? Jared Goff, <laughs> no rushing mobility, yeah. no rushing ability whatsoever. But Trey Lance for the fantasy upside, absolutely someone worth considering there. Uh, I forgot this is 15 rounds. So we do have one last pick here. Uh, Trey Lance goes off the board at the 14-9, back on the clock here at the 15-4. So I will go back here and take one of those wide receivers that I mentioned. Rashid Shaheed did go off the board uh, around the turn there. I'm going to go with Jaden Reed. I do like the the skill set for Jaden Reed. I think that he is underrated as a wide receiver. Uh, this is a guy that it could absolutely emerge as Jordan Love's you know, favorite target. And that's a, a situation where we don't know who Jordan Love is going to lock onto here in, in Green Bay. It could be Christian Watson, but are you going to pay that you know price tag with Christian Watson going off the board in the, what, fifth, sixth round, wherever he went? Or are you going to take that shot later on with Jaden Reed? And again, we're in the point of the draft where we've talked about it. If it doesn't work out, cut him, move on. Totally fine with that. All right, your final selection here at the 1510. And find somebody who loves themselves receivers on iffy offenses like my man Kyle <laughs> Yates does. My goodness. You're right, though. In this point in the draft, there's no such thing as a bad pick. There is a such thing as a good pick. I'm going to go KJ Osborne. We just mentioned him. Could fill in for Addison. Even without Addison, that wide, that passing game is just underrated every single year. It's the Vikings. Oh, they got lucky last year. I'm not saying they win as many games as last year. I'm not saying they put up as many points. But Kirk Cousins is going to move the darn ball. And KJ Osborne's been there. Had a good season last year. Addison's already in hot water. We're not even in August yet. Justin right. Jefferson, TJ Hawkinson require a ton of attention from opposing defenses. And they don't have a pass catching running back anymore. KJ Osborne, a boring pick. But if he's wide receiver two in Minnesota, he's going to outproduce this thing by yep. six to eight rounds. And if he's not, I still think he hangs around my roster for at least a little bit. 100%. All right, that is the draft. Kyle, why don't you run through your roster from top to bottom, and then I will do the same, and then we will uh, we'll get on out of here. Top to bottom, picking 10 out of 12 teams. I went Saquon and Amon Ross St. Brown with my first two picks, followed it up with another running back receiver tandem in Mixon, and Keenan Allen got my quarterback in round five at Trevor Lawrence. Again, mark it down. Kyle Safi drafts, drafts Trevor Lawrence, just a thing that happens every single time. James Conner and Evan Ingram, my next two off the board. Then I want wide receiver heavy. George Pickens, Zay Flowers, and Jacoby Myers, the other member of the 100% Kyle Safi will draft this guy team. Raheem Mostert to get a little exposure to Miami. Rasheed Rice, Donovan Peoples-Jones at receiver. Round out my draft with Leonard Fournette, hoping that he signs. And KJ Osborne, just kind of hoping that, you know, Minnesota can keep doing what Minnesota does every year. All right, on my side of things here, drafting from the four spot, Cooper Cup, Tony Pollard, T. Higgins, Alexander Madison, Brandon Ayuk, Javante Williams is my RB3, then Traylon Burks is my wide receiver four, A.J. Dillon, Elijah Moore, Jared Goff, the quarterback position there at the in the 10th round, then went with Greg Dulcich, the tight end, then Jalen Warren, Tank Bigsby, Trey Lance, and Jaden Reed to round out the draft. All right, Kyle, that was a ton of fun, man. The first mock draft, the first episode of the PFN Fantasy Football Podcast in the books. How do we feel coming out of it, man? I, I like where we stood. I mean, I got my guys. I, I'm learning more about you, so I'm sure we'll be in plenty of leagues together. I, I feel like I, I'm more prepared to take you down in a draft right now, and that's, <laughs> I'm a selfish guy. Like that, that puts me in a good spot. But these mock drafts are just so valuable. I can't overstate practicing, practicing, practicing. No two drafts are going to look the same. And obviously, they shouldn't. In every draft, different scoring structure, different everything. I'm happy with what I was able to do here, but I, I've learned a lot. I've missed guys that I wanted. And that's not going to yeah. happen again moving forward. <laughs> and I, I get to learn that through a mock draft. So I'd encourage everybody to get on over to Sleeper. Run, 
run your mock drafts as often as you can. They, what did it take us 35 minutes here to run yep. through a 12 teamer? Like this is amazing. Yep. 100%. And not only should you be going over to sleeper to run your mock draft, but get into the discord community because you can yes. run some mock drafts along with us. We're going to be doing a ton of these leading up to the start of the NFL season. So make sure to jump into the discord community. Again, that link is in your podcast description or in the YouTube description here. Make sure that you guys are jumping in there. We would love to answer your questions and to run through some mock drafts with you. All right, guys, that will do it. Make sure to go over to the website, profootballnetwork.com. Find all our articles here, all the content that we are cranking out here leading up to the start of the NFL season. Make sure that you guys, making sure that you guys are ready and prepared to dominate your fantasy football leagues this season. It's football season, Kyle. It's football season. It's football season. All right, that will do it for Kyle Sapi. I'm Kyle Yates, and we'll see you next time.